Welcome to Action Chapel International. We are one church in many locations worldwide. We are so excited that you took the time to join us today to feed on God's word and to enrich your spirit. We know that your life will never be the same. Now please join us for this powerful message. Let us pray. See, Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we have come once again to your feet from different works of life, different upbringing, with different needs, for a new experience. We pray for illumination. Let the veil and the spells and that which fails us, that which blinds us, be broken off the eyes of our understanding, that we may see as we ought to see. Let every obstacles, distractions, interference, and hindrance be arrested, intercepted, removed in the name of Jesus. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened lest we sleep the sleep of death in the name of Jesus as we put our hands together let there be light let there be revelation illumination inspiration in the name of Jesus Takoda Hazid Hello to Kadi Laka Satan Lakayata Luki the name of Jesus thank you you may be seated Maybe seated in heavenly places. It's good to be with you. Many people who have been asking questions and the teaching of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, the descending of spirit, the power gives, the vocal gives. And I'm saying that as for this, is for the archbishop, the bishops, the prophets, the apostles, the pastors, and the evangelists is not for us. Uh, how can we ever operate in the revelational gifts or the vocal gifts or the power gifts? They see it as impossible. It cannot be. So as much as they are enjoying the messages, they, they, they struggle. They struggle with applying it and they just can't see themselves operating in any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit or playing the role of one of the fivefold ministry gifts. They don't see it. And so many believe that as for these gifts, uh, it's only 
for those in full-time ministry, but they don't have the right to exercise in any of these gifts. Uh, it's not true. It's, it's, it's a deception and it's a lying from the bottom pit. I want to assure you that everyone hearing the sound of my voice is entitled to any of the gifts of the Spirit. It all has to do with your willingness, yieldedness, availability. Please write. Willingness, yieldedness, availability, and sensitivity. Willingness, yieldedness, availability, and sensitivity. That is required. With these four things, you can operate as the Holy Spirit wills at any given time, depending on what the needs may be or what may be required at any given time, the Spirit of God, through your spirit, can guide you and can manifest any of the gifts through you. So you are a candidate. You are a candidate for the nine gifts of the Spirit and for the fivefold ministry gifts. You are a candidate. You are qualified. But you got to understand the requirement, what it takes, what the demands are. And I believe with that understanding, you can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I want to play a tape for you to see something I saw on social media about a captain on airplane, a captain of an airplane. He wasn't a, a, a believer. I mean, he was a believer, but he's not a pastor, teacher, evangelist, or a prophet, or an apostle. He's not an elder or a deacon in the church. He's just an ordinary Christian like every one of us. He's a believer. And watch something that happened. Watch this. Listen. Commercial pilot Rico Seta Mafela, a devout Christian, hums worship songs during his flights. But moments before the earthquake and tsunami hit Indonesia last month, he felt the urge to sing aloud. Because of who you are. God seems like saying, hey, just praise me and worship me. Captain Mafela said he saw nothing unusual as he approached Palu that day other than strong winds that prompted a split decision to circle before landing. That delayed him landing by nine minutes. As passengers departed and Mafela prepared for his next flight, he heard the voice again. Get out of this place. I mean, yeah, depart early. Captain Mafela wondered if it was just his imagination or something else. Regardless, he obeyed what he had heard and took off three minutes earlier than the scheduled departure time. That decision literally saved him and his 148 passengers. The quake start on the Dongala area 17.55, 5.55 p.m. I pushed back at 5.52. The wave of the earthquake reached Palu 7.4, 7.7. It's just exactly after my liftoff. Those three minutes were crucial. 
After Captain Mafela's plane was safely airborne, this control tower started to cave in because of the strong earthquake, forcing air traffic controller Antonius Agung to jump from the fourth floor. He was a hero. Unfortunately, he died due to internal injuries. At the time, Captain Mafela and his passengers had no idea what was taking place below them. Later, Mafela realized his cell phone camera had captured a view of waves starting to form into tsunamis that struck central Sulawesi. Those uh, runway cracked behind me, and the deep is around uh, one and a half to two meters. Behind the runway, that's where the liquefactions only happen on my departure time. Captain Mafela is glad he listened and obeyed. Oh God, thank you so much. God reveals everything. If you are late even just one or two seconds, it could be a disaster. I don't need to prove that God is alive. I don't need to prove that God is here. I've seen it. It's more than enough for me. Lucille Talusan, CBN News, Palu in... Oh, he, he's not a prophet. He's a believer like you and I. He's not a bishop, a pastor, an evangelist, or an apostle, or an archbishop. He's just a believer, like every one of us. But for whatever reason, he has learned to train his spirit, to develop the spirit man, to a point where he was in tune with the frequencies of heaven, that when the spirit of God spoke to his spirit, that take off immediately, move, move the aircraft, push back, take off. He took off three minutes after takeoff. Bam! Came the tsunami and the earthquake three minutes after. So every second and minute counts. That's why delay obedience is disobedience. And delay obedience is simply saying, I will obey. I will do what God requires of me, but I'll do it tomorrow, another time. Oh, let me consult. Uh, let me talk to somebody. Let me seek someone's counsel. Uh, let me think about it. Let me process it. Let me pray about it. Meanwhile, you have been given the instructions. You know exactly what God requires of you. But for whatever reason, you want to subject it to time and to reasoning and to dialogue. You want to justify why you should delay obeying God and doing what is required of you. You know what the word says. You know what God is saying. But you struggle with doing what the word says. So you defer. You procrastinate. Procrastination is another sign of disobedience because procrastination is delay obedience. And we all do that. I have procrastinated many times in so many things that has cost me over the years in my work with God. So it's, it's important that we stop procrastinating. It's important that we stop delaying and subjecting the voice of God to reasoning, the promptings of our spirit, the leads of our spirit. It's dangerous to subject the voice of the spirit to reasoning, to logic, to philosophy and the captain of this aircraft and the 40, 140 passengers 
who could have perished and died were delivered by just acting and obeying the voice of God. Three minutes after he took off came disaster. Three minutes. There are so many believers and Christians, men and women of God who have missed it, lost it, and sometimes we, 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 we battle with so many things and the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge and, and sometimes we question God and we question the scriptures and, and, and we question our faith and our work with God and we don't understand. And I preached a message some years ago when I was going through some difficult times of my life because I didn't listen. And, and, and that is the, the, the underlying factor of every struggle we go through in life. It's just not listening or obeying the Holy Spirit or following the voice of, of, of our spirit. Doing what we please and doing what we want can create some serious problems for us. The consequences are heavy. And during that time, nothing made sense to me. And I have to still preach. And I preach a message entitled, I understand that I don't understand what I think I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything I understood didn't work. It didn't make sense then. And so I had to preach a message and I was thinking about the title of the message and I, I titled the message I understand that I don't understand what I understand. Why am I teaching and preaching what I'm teaching and preaching? Because I don't want you to be ignorant. And the greatest weapon of the adversary is to keep you and I ignorant. The Bible says my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. As long as he can keep us ignorant, he has the upper hand. The Bible says we are not ignorant of his devices lest he gains advantage. So he wants to keep us ignorant and that gives him the advantage. But I pray that in the name of Jesus, as you hear the sound of my voice, that you receive illumination and revelation and that light will come to you, that every darkness and ignorance will be dispersed in the name of Jesus. Say I receive it. So I want to talk to you this morning about a message I entitled Developing or Training Your Human Spirit. Developing your human spirit. We, de we develop our bodies by exercising and, and eating right and sleeping and taking vitamins and doing everything right to develop this body of ours, to make it strong and fit. We educate and develop our minds so we can comprehend. We can handle things. We can reason through things in life. But do we develop our spirit? Do we train the spirit? It's like we pay attention to everything but the spirit within us. And for whatever reason, you and I have been con convinced by the enemy to believe that we are flesh and blood. To believe that we are a soul. So we live a soul life. We live in the realm of the soul and we live in the flesh. But we are not soul. We are not spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, we are better than a soul and a spirit and a body. We are better than a soul. We are better than a flesh. 
Please come with me to the book of First Thessalonians 5 and 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, so here the Bible categorically speaks to the fact that we are a spirit, we live in a body, we have a soul. And that your spirit, soul, and body, all three matters, preserve blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus. Say, I have a spirit, I live in a body, I have a soul, and that is what I am. I want you to say it loud. Say, I have a spirit, I live in a body, I have a soul, and that is what I am. With this understanding, I guarantee you that you can operate in any of the fivefold ministry gifts and, and in any of the nine manifestations of the Spirit. But before, you can be spiritually alert and alive because the gifts of the Spirit must operate through a vehicle. And the vehicle it operates through by the Holy Spirit is your spirit and my spirit. We serve God with our spirit, not with our mind, and not with our soul, and not with our bodies. The Bible said that God is a spirit. God is not logic. God is not a soul. God is not feelings. God is not flesh. God is not philosophy. God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The truth here is the word. Jesus said, thy word. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. So how do you worship him in spirit and in truth? You practice the word. I said at the first service that every other religion I know of practice their religion. The Muslims, they practice their religion, Islam. They practice it. They practice Islam. The Jews practice their religion and faith. One time I was in in Israel, at the Sea of Galilee. And I had a meeting at my hotel at the Sea of Galilee with some Jewish friends of mine. And uh, we were transacting some business. And about two hours to a particular time, at, uh, it was that particular day, it was Sabbath. And they said to me, Archbishop, we have to leave you. And I said, but we are not finished. He said, we'll continue tomorrow. And I said, why? And they said, today is Sabbath. We can't do business. And they said, we have to leave to Jerusalem now. Because if we don't leave now, when it gets to four or five, wherever we are, we have to stop and sleep there till the next day. Even the lift or the elevator, they are not allowed to press a button to any floor. It's designed to stop at every floor because at Sabbath, you can't even press a button. They practice their faith. They practice their religion. And one of the requirements to develop your spirit or to train your spirit is to practice the word. It to practice the word like a doctor practices medicine and a lawyer practices law until we practice the word and our faith. There is no hope for our children. There's no hope for the next generation. We take too much for granted. We relax about everything. We give excuses for everything. We explain ourselves about everything. We have reasons why we don't have to practice the word. 
all because his mercy's endurance and grace abound and we just keep on giving excuses and that is the reason for a lot of things wrong in our lives but I pray today as never before that the Spirit of God will enable all of us to practice the word practice the scriptures as never before come with me please to Romans 1 and 9 Romans 1 and 9 for God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without season I make mention of you always in my prayers. You see, he said, whom I serve with my spirit, you have a spirit. May I submit to you, friend, ladies and gentlemen, whatever you are, hearing the sound of my voice, you have a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul, you live in a body. You are not flesh. You are not a soul trying to have a spiritual experience. You are a spirit living a body, have a soul trying to have a physical or a human experience. We've turned the whole thing upside down. You have a spirit. Paul said, I serve him not with logic, not with philosophy, not with reasoning, not with feelings, not with my emotions, not with my flesh, not by my education, not by intellectual capabilities or power, but I serve him with my spirit. God is the spirit. Those that serve him must serve him in spirit and in truth. May you serve him in spirit. May you serve him by your spirit, with your spirit. I face a lot of situations in life. Been through a lot. In life and sometimes it gets so bad in the natural in the physical that it's like everything is falling apart and and if you don't depend on your spirit man you panic but as much as everything may be falling apart on the outside the spirit whispers the spirit speak the spirit gives assurance and says don't worry I got you I'm in control of this I'm taking care of it. I'm dealing with it. I'll sort it out. Be calm. Be at peace. And sometimes it looks like you're crazy. Something is wrong with you when everything is falling apart and you don't react. You don't react. You don't react. And you are still, it makes it look some way. But if you're going to react about everything, you'll not live long. The Bible says in Philippians 4, six and seven and eight he said he said be careful for nothing but in everything he said in everything by prayer supplication he said with thanksgiving and intercession let your request be made known unto god and the peace of god which passes understanding shall keep your heart and your mind through christ jesus and he said finally brethren what things soever are pure and just what things soever are true, what things soever of good report and honest, and if there's any virtue or praise, think on these things. He said, be careful for nothing. Be anxious about nothing. Stop worrying. Stop worrying. I have thousand and one reasons to worry every day. Because when you lead such an organization as a first generation church, and you don't have anybody to, to learn from and to learn, to, to follow after, and you have to learn on the job. You, you make so many mistakes in learning on the job. You have to 
get it right. So every day, you have many reasons to be anxious, to, to react, to fret, to be worried. But none of those things can work anyway, for the anger of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And so you have to keep trusting him. You have to keep trusting him. You trust him on daily basis. You trust him when it makes sense. And you trust him when it don't make sense. Got to keep trusting him no matter what. I was praying the other day and I felt very worried and disturbed in my spirit. Then the Lord said to me that somebody is praying against you. I said, somebody praying against me? He said, there's somebody who the enemy have access. An evil spirit, a lying spirit, have accessed this individual, a very gifted individual, and has been accessed to pray against you because he's angry with you, he's bitter, he's offended. And he said, block his prayers, block his prayers. So I said, this one, if he's very gifted and anointed, I have to go up. So I said, from the throne room perspective, from where all authority over heaven and earth is derived, I hereby take a stand on the account of the eternal blood. And I override and block the implications, the effect of unscriptural and soulish prayers. And I said, I block the power and the gift and the prayers of anyone gifted whom Satan has deployed, employed and access to deploy, to devise my head or my demand. Let the prayers of such a one in the name of Jesus become an abomination. He will not prevail nor prosper. The name of Jesus. You can't know these things with your natural senses or mind. Can be then the enemy can override you. But thank God for the spirit man. I serve him with my spirit. It's only the spirit that can guide us and help us to know what the natural mind and our senses have no idea of. But the enemy is working 24-7 and it takes the Holy Spirit to guide us. It doesn't take money and success. Other than that, the most richest man in Spain when he was dying of coronavirus, his children said that their father said he couldn't breathe, he couldn't breathe. He had, he worked over $23 billion, but he couldn't breathe. The children said he said he couldn't breathe. No amount of money could buy him breath. He could not breathe, but he had, he had money. Couldn't breathe, but had deep pocket. Couldn't breathe, but had access. Couldn't breathe, but had lands and properties and islands and private jet and any car you can think of, assets and investment, but could not buy breath. That is to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, for you that put your trust, for you that put your trust and your faith in money, in power, in relevance, there come a day and there come a time when all that is sinking sun. And when all that expires, and there come a day and a time that you will need the God you ignore. You will need, you will need to fall on your relationship with the God you keep ignoring and having no time for. And on that day, they'll check your credit. They'll look at your track record to see whether you have paid attention and whether you've dealt with him. 
whether you've had a relationship with him because it's all about your relationship. And God doesn't relate to your mind. He doesn't relate to your body. He doesn't relate to your emotion. He relates to your spirit. And what you feed the most grows the most. And we get distracted by everything. We get distracted by everything in life. Get distracted by education. Get distracted about money. Get distracted about taking care of our bodies and our mind and our soul. We spend time, the ladies spend time at the saloon, four, three, five hours taking care of their hair, putting on a cap and a hat. Men do the same, going to the barber shop. So we look handsome, we look great. Take care of our nails, do everything, spend all those time, hours in the saloon. But we don't spend time in feeding on the word. We don't spend time in training our spirit. We don't have time for the spirit of man we have no time for our relationship with God. And that's why so many things is overtaking us. And we can't explain. And that's why you can't blame God. You can't blame him because he's given us all the tools and the provisions. He's made it available. But it doesn't work without practicing it. And like I said, every other religion I've mentioned, they practice their religion and their faith. We are the only faith or religion that don't practice our faith. We take everything for granted. Because his mercies endure us forever. Because grace abounds. And that's why we come to church. And this Sunday service alone is not enough. I'm telling you, eventually you backslide. If you're the type of Christian and believer who just come to church on Sunday morning, it's not enough. You can't eat fufu on Sunday morning and abenquai and don't eat the rest of the week until the next week. You become anemic. And there are so many believers who are spiritually anemic because we're not feeding the spirit. We're not exercising our spirit. We're not training our spirit. We're not developing the inner man. So the inner man is weak. It's anemic. He doesn't have what it takes to withstand the powers of the dark kingdom. And even when the Holy Spirit is speaking through the frequency of our spirit, we don't get it because we are disconnected. We are so distracted by the flesh, distracted by everything. And yet Jesus said the flesh profited nothing. This flesh is already condemned. It's already condemned. And yet we spend money, spend time, energy on the flesh and on the soul than we do when it comes to the spirit man. I pray today that as you hear the sound of my voice, you stop being arrogant. You stop being vindictive, prideful. You stop being offended and hurt and bitter and angry. And you stop thinking that you have the power to hurt people, the power to bring people down, the power to settle scores with people, the power to show people where power lies. You have no power. It's just a matter of time. You'll be stripped of every power. I've seen very powerful people, very, very powerful people in Ghana and across the nations of the world. They were so powerful. And suddenly, like the Saddam and like the Gaddafis and so many, the Mobutus and so many, they were so powerful. But suddenly, there came a day, there came a time, there came a moment when they were stripped of wealth and of power. And you check their descendants, there's nothing to be seen about them. The glory has departed. Please, use power, use time, use influence, use access to do good. Do good. The only thing that overcomes evil in this world is good.
The Bible said, overcoming good with evil. Overcoming good with evil. The Bible said, the Lord is good. And his mercy is endures for The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Good is the only thing that overcomes evil. Stops using power. Stop using the weapons and the tools you have to the head of others. It, it doesn't pay. Especially if you have kids. Always be careful what you do to others because it will come back to you. It will come back to you and it will come back to haunt your children in their generation. In their generation. Be careful. Be careful. I'm telling you. You know, I've seen so many people who had power over the years in different fields of life and they use it to the head of so many. And I've watched their end. And they did not age well. And they didn't end well. Their end was terrible. Many years ago, I was flying at Kotoka here. And I met a man. He used to be in government. He was so powerful. And everybody feared him. Everybody was afraid of him. He had the ear of the president then. He was so powerful, had deep pockets, and said that he and his family will never be poor again. I was traveling, and at the last gate at the airport at Kotoka, I saw him sitting there holding a walking stick, and, the, and his hand was shaking like this. He was just sitting there shaking, sitting there all alone by himself, waiting to board. And I looked at him, and I said, if this is what the end of power is, if this is the end of money, and influence and being powerful and threatening everybody and, and make everybody fear you, then I don't want it. I said, if this is the end of such a powerful man who terrified everybody in this country, subjected everybody, and everybody had to run to him to hold his leg, I said, if this is what has become of him, I don't want any of this power. I don't want it. And I don't want to age this way. I want to age graciously. I want to age gracefully. I don't like this. He was sitting there holding a walking stick and he was, he was shaking like this. He was shaking like this. His money, his possession, his houses abroad and within could not save him. None of his children were with him. None of his aide camp. He was no more in office. There was, another, there was another government in power and he was shaking like this and shaking like this and sitting there. And I felt a moment whether I should go and help him when they were boarding. And I said to myself, you know something? Leave him alone because such people can be very, very proud and arrogant. He might think that you are, you are trying to mock him. So I just left him and I walked. And when I sat down and they brought him and was doing like this, shaking like this, I said to myself, you know what? If this is the end of power, if this was one of the most powerful men in those days, with such a deep pocket, had all these assets and wealth and money, within and without, living the blessed place in Great Britain. I don't want this. I don't want to edge this way. I want to edge gracefully. I want to edge still walking, and I want to edge loving people, surrounded by people who love me, not because of what I gave them, but because I cared but because I loved, but because I empowered them. I don't know how you want to age. I don't know how you want your end to be. But church, let's serve him with our spirit, 
not with our mind, not with things, not with material things or goods. All is vanity. Look at Galatians 5, 17 and 18. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are, un ye are not under the law. You see, so there is an ongoing conflict. There's a fight between your spirit and your body. Your body wants dominance over your spirit and your spirit wants dominance over your body. So what is the thing here? This is the key. Whatsoever you feed the most grows the most. So if you spend time paying attention to your flesh and your soul and you feed your body and you feed your soul, your body and your flesh will have dominance over your spirit. But if you pay attention to your spirit and you feed your spirit and you exercise and develop your spirit, then your spirit will have dominance and the upper hand over your soul and over your body. Hear me? I really don't like the company of people who pull me into the flesh. I'm telling you. There are so many people, I avoid them and I don't like their company, but I love them. And the reason is because they pull me into the emotions. They pull me into the flesh. I don't need that. I'm trying to get out of the flesh. Don't get me into the flesh. I'm trying to get out of the emotions. There are so many things I don't listen to on social media. People go, have you heard? Have you heard? And I say, heard what? Oh, this is, and I say, I don't want to listen. I don't want to hear. There are people who live their life always wanting to hear what is new, what is new, what is the latest but they don't want to take time to feed their spirit. There's a battle, there's a fight, there's an ongoing conflict between your soul, your body, your spirit, and whatever you pay attention to will have dominance over the other. Please pay attention to your spirit. And few things you must do if you want to train or develop your spirit man or your human spirit. Number one, you must meditate the word day and night. Meditate the word. Feed on the word. Eat the scroll. Eat the scroll. Practice the word. Joshua 1, 8. For this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written for, according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous and have good success. Another translation says, for then shalt thou make thy way prosperous and deal wisely with the affairs of life. I, I wouldn't say that I've dealt wisely with the affairs of my life over the last uh, 45 years. I've made a lot of mistakes because I, I've dealt with a lot of things using my senses, using my reasoning, uh, depending on my feelings and my emotions, acting upon reasoning, acting on what makes sense, instead of acting on the Holy Spirit. Remember years ago, over 30 years ago when we moved in here, I was traveling from London, I was on Ghana Airways, and the Spirit said unto me, when you return, move the church from Trade Fair to the Springtex Road. And it didn't make sense. I said, move the church to where? That wilderness? That desert? There is nothing there. From ShopRite to Sakumano Junction, there was nothing. It was only Springtex and Bank of Ghana Warehouse. That was all. There was nothing here. So I came and I met with the board. And I said, we have to move the church. And they said, to where? And I said, to the Spintex Road. And they said, uh, they used to call me at that time, Brother Nick. Brother Nick, are you okay? 
I said, very okay, but that's what the spirit said. The board resigned. Only one person stuck with me. Everybody else left me. And they left and they went to other churches. When we moved the church here, at that time, we lost over a thousand people to other churches. Our church was scattered. I was so sad, brokenhearted, rejected. I felt so bad. And let me tell you something. If you think that obeying God is simple and easy, it's not true. You think it was easy for Abraham to lay Isaac on the altar and to take a knife to, to sacrifice his own son? It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. And we came down here and we lost so many people to other churches in town. And there were other pastors in town who were so happy that hundreds of our people showed up in their churches on Sunday morning. But the Lord said, if you move the church from the trade fair and your father's house at the airport to the Springtex Road, I will move the city to the Springtex Road. I said, move what city to what? Desert? Who wants to come here? When I came here, those lands here were going for nothing. And I was not interested in any land because I was already upset and I was angry and I was sad because I've lost people. A lot of my board members have left me speaking evil of me, saying all kinds of bad things about me. And I felt very bad. And I said to myself, but how do I go through all of this when I'm trying to obey God? What God are you trying to obey? Which God will tell you to move to a desert like this? But we came. We started worshiping here in tents. And it was muddy. When it rained, it was bad. But there were people who stuck with me. Believe in me when I did not even believe in myself. I didn't know why some people stuck with me. They saw something in me that I didn't see. Because at that time, I felt that I had missed God. I was a failure. I wasn't going anywhere. And I felt like, God, maybe I got to go and find some job or something else to do. And sometimes when I travel, I travel to make money, raise money, and bring it to help build the church. I was traveling all over the world. I was going to places I shouldn't have gone. I went to a place in the Philippines called Kakayan de Oro. Just to get some money to bring it to help the church. I was traveling. I went to some strange, strange villages and places, North Carolina, some far distant place in California, about Cincinnati. I mean, some strange places. And sometimes I'll be flying with this small jet and it will be moving like this. And I say, Father, remember where I've come from. Yeah. I'm from the jungles of Ghana, West Africa, somewhere far away from where I am. I beg you, remember me. My children are too young. Mercy, Lord, mercy. I go to Canada, strange places in Canada to preach. I've been around just to make an offering and I'll save the money and bring it, buy stone cement to build. Because the people who had money they believe I had missed God. I wasn't hearing from God. Because my decision and my choices wasn't making sense. When you subject what I was doing to reasoning, didn't make sense. But the Spirit said, move the church. Six months after, they appointed a new director for the trade fair. A soldier. As soon as he came, he wrote to all the people using the place. Everybody out. Kicked everybody out. Six months, we were already here. We're already here. We're already worshiping here. Taxis weren't coming here. We had to get, we have to rent buses. 
buses, truck, truck, to bring our people here and to take them back. And I felt like I missed God, but I knew that that was God speaking. But it didn't make sense. A lot of times, the Spirit speaks to you and I, and we say, oh, something told me, something said, something. It's not something. It's your spirit being illuminated, guiding you by the Holy Spirit, not your feelings. If I depended on my feelings, I wouldn't preach. You know what I feel like doing? I feel like going on a cruise. And that's what I feel. I feel like chilling. I feel like landing on the Atlantic Ocean, going to the Pacific and the Indian Ocean in Cape Town. You know, and just chilling on a boat and uh, just relaxing and having a good time. Yeah, that's what I feel like doing. Okay? But we are led by the Spirit and not by feelings. We are not led by desires and wishes and our imaginations and our dreams. We are led by the Spirit. We pray, we pray for the preservation of the nation of DRC. We pray that there will be no uprising in DRC. We pray that the land will rest from war and blood. That no more, no more will any, will any, will any man or woman from that land of Congo raise a sword or a gun against another Congolese. Let the president of the DIC, President Sisikedi, be protected, preserved, and let every conspiracy and mystery against him boomerang, 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 boomerang. Put your hands together and say boomerang, boomerang, boomerang. Boomerang in the name of Jesus. Boomerang. We parats ekustufa pasadu hasia makastuda rabakatista. Amen. So, number one, you meditate on the word. You practice the word. That's what meditation is all about. Practicing the scriptures like other religion does. Islam prays five times a day. The Jews three times a day. Other religion has specific times to pray. We don't have any time. We just do it anyway, anyhow, when we feel like one. Folks, we got to go past feelings. We have to start practicing the word if there will be hope for our children. We have to stop being wishy-washy Christian. And this early Sunday morning, you come and sit down here and have some abenquine fufu word. And you don't come again until next week. You come for bunu bunu. You are not going to survive. You got to feed your word. You know, a great man of faith, Smith Wigginsworth, he goes to a restaurant to eat. When he finishes feeding his body physically, he takes his Bible and he will read the word. One day a friend asked him, why do you do that? He said, what you feed the most grows the most. I've fed my flesh and it's time to feed my spirit. So whenever you eat, when you finish eating, you must eat the word. You must practice the word. You must feed your spirit. You must make your spirit strong lest you become anemic spiritually. And it doesn't matter the school you attended, what you inherit in life. Like the prodigal son, he got his share of the inheritance and he messed it up. It was messed up. Why? Because he was living according to the details of his flesh and the soul. He wasn't spiritual. So he lost 
his inheritance. You can lose your inheritance. You can lose money. You can lose influence. You can lose material wealth and gains and investment. You can lose it all if you depend on your reasoning, on logic, on emotions and philosophy. It's just a matter of time. You realize that none of these things can withstand the challenges of time. That's why the coronavirus took so many people across the nation, the young and the old, the poor and the rich, and nobody could resist it except the power of God. Because they realized that the thing that the coronavirus was doing was to take away your breath. And breath is something you can't buy. And that's why people cry and say, can't breathe, can't breathe, can't breathe, can't breathe. Got money but can't breathe. Educated but can't breathe. Connected but can't breathe. Powerful but can't breathe. Has access but can't breathe. Have everything but can't breathe. Intelligent but can't breathe. Sharp and smart but can't breathe. Gifted but can't breathe. Rich but can't breathe. Poor but can't breathe. Number three. Number two. Giving first place to the word. Giving first place to the word. What does that mean? Referring to the word concerning every decision of your life. Find out what does the word say? What does the word say when I feel lonely? What does the word say when I'm discouraged? What does the word say when I'm anxious? When I'm afraid? When I'm frustrated? When I'm angry? When I'm hurt? When I'm offended? When I feel rejected? Obstacized? Cast away? Misunderstood? Misrepresented? Criticized? Wrongly accused? What do I do when I feel some way? What does the word say? Go to the word. Go to the word. Attend to the word. Proverbs 20 and 27. The, spirit, the of man, spirit of man is a candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man. You have a spirit. Please understand that you have a spirit. Please understand that you are a spirit. You live in a body. You have a soul. You are not flesh and blood. You are not a soul. You are not reasoning. You are not your mind. You are a spirit. You live in a body. You have a soul. Lift up your hand, praying the Holy Ghost for one minute. Lift it up, lift it up. Moda Kusta, Moda Kusta, Moda Kusta, Alandosa, Alandosa, Maladu Sud, Maladu Sud, Lekutu Katu Fan. Whoever you are, wherever you are, lift up your hand, praying the Holy Ghost. Karadi Kansu, Dariko, so you, 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 holy brethren, building up your most holy faith by praying the Holy Ghost. Kekush, Tekush, Delus, Tukun, Deves, Dekulahan, Tusun, Tapan, Falando Kurumehandi, Bahasun, Belikerins, Tupari, Hasadias. Amen. The Spirit of Man is the candle of the Lord. What does that mean? <clears throat> candle is light. It brightens your darkness. 
It gives direction and clarity. It illuminates. It means that God will guide you and I, not through our mind, our emotion, our flesh, our soul, or our feelings, but he guides us through our spirit. Your spirit is the vehicle through which the Holy Ghost guides and speaks to you and I, not our feelings, not our mind. If we, if we go with our feelings and our mind, we'll miss it. And I've seen so many believers in life miss it because they were going by their feelings. They were going by their emotions. They were going by their mind. And, and sometimes I can tell they are missing it, but there's nothing I can say. There's nothing I can say. You just have to leave them alone. Because the more you try to rescue and save them, you rather get into trouble. And sometimes when, when people are drowning, right from the beginning is not a time to reach out to save them. Why? They are fighting to survive. You don't try to save them because if you, if you jump in the water to rescue them, they'll pull you with them. So you leave them alone. Let them drink water to the point where they are tired, they can't fight anymore. And then you step in and then you push them. You push them, you push them and bring them out. So sometimes you just have, and I've seen so many people, bishops and pastors and archbishops and I've seen prophets, I've seen different people, believe it, miss it. And I can tell they are missing it. You know why? Because they are acting based on circumstances. They are acting based on the way they are feeling. They are acting based on their thought, reasoning, and what makes sense. And I know they are going to miss it. Yeah. Because we are led not by our circumstances, not by feelings, not by emotions, but we are led by the spirit. I've been in situations all the times where physically, it's like everything is falling apart around me. Nothing makes sense. I look all around me and I say, God, what's going on? And, and in the inner man, I'm at peace. And, and the spirit is saying, you have the victory. And I said, I have what? What kind of victory is this? Have a victory with this mess? Have a victory with all these misrepresentation and false accusation and people lying about you and speaking ill of you, evil of you all over the place. How can I have the victory? And the Spirit said, you have the victory. And it takes time. And suddenly, you see, things are turning. The tables turn in your favor. The storms turn in your favor. And you begin to see people who never liked you becoming friends. And you say, how did this happen? How can this be? And I've learned not to be anxious about anything. I've learned not to react, but to be still, to believe God. One of my spiritual fathers said the other day, Dr. Samro, Lester Samro, he said, all my enemies are dead. He said, all my enemies are dead. And I declare on authority that I will never die until all my enemies are dead. I am not going anywhere until every adversary of mine and accuser of mine is dead. And I will see the end of all those who devise my head, irrespective of who you are, what you possess, what you stand, and what you have. I, you will go before me. You will die before me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep scheming. Keep thinking you are power, you can do what you please. You will go before me. I will be here, and I will read of your obituary. Your obituary. I will read of your obituary in the newspapers. And I'll still be here. It's just a matter of time. I'm not in haste. And I'm not running any race with any. I'm running my own race. In my own lane. Money my own business. But if you cross me, 
If you cross me, woe unto you. Kotali sahas, selifoku sahan, lagandu lasitan, falahandu balahasi, oh siki dahalahan, day day kusahan tefalun palandi katunda bahasas. Put your hands together, give him praise. You know what? My time is up. I'll continue next week. Let me give you one more scripture. Job 32 and 8. Job 32 and 8. But there is a spirit in man. But. There is a spirit in man. But. There is a spirit in man. But. There is a spirit in man. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a spirit in you. You have a spirit. You live in a body. And you have a soul. You are not flesh and blood. You are not a soul. You are a spirit. You live in the body. You have a soul. There is a spirit in man. Go ahead. And the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. This inspiration, what does that mean? The breath of God. God breathes on your spirit man. Not on your soul. Not on your mind. Not on your intelligence. Yeah. But the breath of God is specifically assigned to your spirit and not to your soul. Please remember that you are spirit. You live in a body. You have a soul. Please stand. Lift it up, lift it up, lift it up one more time. Uyo nyamia, oine, utiase, mawe, oine, You know, many years ago, my grandmother was ill. She went into coma for a long time. And everybody was going to go see her at Kumasi. They were preparing for her death. They believed that she was going to go. And... I, I, never had a, I never had a release to go, even though everybody was going, and the doctors believed that she wasn't going to come back, because at this time she was over 100 and something already, over 100 years. She died at 109. And so it was understandable that having fallen into coma, she wasn't going to come back. But inside of me, I never felt a release to go, and I knew in my spirit, not in my head, 
I knew she wasn't going to die. I knew it. So everybody was going, but I wasn't going. I never felt to go. I didn't have a release to go. And, and I felt peace. I felt peace inside of me. So I didn't go. After a long while, she came back. She came back. She came out of the coma. And she said, when she came out of the coma, that she saw herself in a line, in a queue. And everybody got to this beautiful gate. And when you get there, you have to present a pass or like a passport. Then they let you in. When it got to a time, she didn't have one, and they told her to go back and get it. They told her, go back and get it. I'm saying this to let you know something, that you don't have to be a prophet to be led by the Spirit. You don't have to be a, an evangelist, an apostle, a teacher, or an archbishop, or a deacon or a deaconess. You can be a child of God and a believer, and if you pay attention to the Spirit of God and practice the Word of God, I have seven things that are required for you to develop your spirit. One of them is meditating the Word, practicing the Word. Giving the word of God first place, preeminence pre in your life. Yeah. Continue in prayer. Colossians 4:2. Continue in prayer. Watch thereunto. What does watch? What, what is the word watch means? Watch means to stay awake when others are asleep. Stay awake when others are snoring. Giving of thanks. What does thanksgiving mean? Having an attitude of gratitude. There are so many of us, we don't have gratitude about anything. We never say thank you to God or to anybody. We are negative about everything, critical about everything and everybody. You live that kind of a life, you ain't going to live long. And you're not going to age well. You will age with aches and pains. Today is your knee, tomorrow is your nose, your right leg and your right, every time you're going to have problems because you are negative about everything. Thanksgiving, an attitude of gratitude. Continue in prayer. Jesus said, when you fast, when you pray, so fasting and prayer are necessary ingredients in developing and training your spirit, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll continue on, on Sunday. Please bow your hands. Everybody here, bow your hands for a minute. If you are here and you say, preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure my name is written in the book of life. I want my name written in the book of life. Quickly, show by hand. Let me pray for you right now. Is there any man and woman here? I want my name written in the book of life. Please show by hand quickly. And if, if your hand is lifted up, come to me quickly. Let me pray for you. Come here right now. Walk right to the altar right now. If you mean business, come right now. Right now you have the right and the choice. A day will come when it will be too late. So come now. Come now. You say, I used to be born again, but I backslided. I backslided because I was offended in church. You can even say, you know, Archbishop, you offended me. I didn't like the way you preached the other day. You offended me. You hurt me. Forgive me. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to hurt you. Please forgive me. Come back. Come back to church. If you are here, you say, I want to be a member of the church. I want to join the church. I've been visiting. I want to be a member. Can you please come? Come right now. I want to be a member. I want to be part of this family. Will you please come? Join us right now. We need you and you need us. No soldier goes to war alone. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody. God never created anyone to be an island to themselves. You need me and I need you. Please come right now. For those of you here, I want you to lift up your hand. Everybody say with me. Say, Heavenly Father.
I recognize that in sin did my mother conceive me. And that only Jesus can save. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you today. Before heaven and earth, as my Lord and Savior, write my name in the book of life. Cleanse me with your blood. Forgive me of original sin. Forgive me of the sins of my fathers and my mothers and cleanse me from self-committed sins. Cleanse me from the sins of omission and commission with the blood of Jesus. And fill me with the Holy Ghost. Seal me with the Holy Ghost until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. We know that you were blessed by that message and we look forward to sharing God's word with you once again. For more information on this and many other Action Chapel International products and messages, you may visit our Dominion Bookshop located on the premises of Action Chapel, Spintex Road. Or you may call our offices on 030-701-1851. Or you may also visit us online at www.actionchapel.net. Once again, thank you for joining us today. And may your life continue to be changed in God's presence.